Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. All right, if, if I were to ever advise a, a politician, a mayor, a, a governor, whatever, and that's a big if, it'll never happen because we know the type of advisors these people have. We know the type of people they surround themselves with, just sycophants and usually hard left radicals. I would have uh, one piece of advice above all others to uh, say, say, I don't know, uh, theoretically, a uh, mayor of Boston, I would say never, ever go the full de Blasio. Whatever you do, you do not want to go the full de Blasio. That uh, is all you need to know. If de Blasio does it, it's, it's a bad move. It's a mistake. And what happened in, what happened in Boston yesterday was remarkable because our bright young uh, mayor, 36-year-old Michelle Wu, Harvard grad, blow-in from Chicago, Liz, Liz Warren, a protege, went the full de Blasio. Yeah. Whatever, whatever has been done in New York, and it's a long list because they have a communist, literally a communist for a mayor who's done in like a week. Um, and he's got, he's not going to waste that last, last breath of, uh, authoritarianism. He's going to, he's going to implement whatever ridiculous draconian measure he could. And he has, and it hasn't worked. No. I mean, when you look at New York, their, their, their cases are off the charts. It's a Petri dish. Uh, it's a cesspool. <laughs> I just watched a, uh, an interview with a, with a doctor outside a hospital in Manhattan. And he was saying, you know, we're overrun. So that's not good. That's not good. Uh, and, but, but it also means what they're doing, their vax mandates and mask mandates and everything else that that buffoon does has failed. So what does the young mayor of Boston do? The virtually the exact same thing. We are uh, going through this again. It is deja vu. It is insane. I feel for business owners, I feel for restaurant owners, gym owners, and just people trying to make it in this city. And you have the authorities, the powers that be, working so diligently against you, trying their best to destroy you. Uh, We saw it for a year, year and a half with the uh, governor, uh, Charlie Baker, uh, who just didn't give a damn about small businesses, about restaurants and gyms, didn't care at all, just wanted to get a, a pat on the head from the Boston Globe. He was as, well, not, not as bad as de Blasio, but he was just another blue state governor, uh, drunk on his own power. The former mayor, Mayor Marty Walsh, now in the administration, uh, same thing. They don't spend a moment thinking about people who work for a living. It's all about, uh, it's all about virtue signaling. It's all about getting uh, a blow, uh, the, the Boston Globe to blow you a kiss. That's what it's about. And it's the same with the new, the new mayor. No different than the old mayor. It's a shame what they're going to do to this city. But I'll say this. It's so urgent, around, so urgent that we're going to do it in a month. <laughs> yes, we're going to take these lockdown measures, vaccine mandates, and, and 
uh, and, and masks and everything else. And it's so desperate. This situation is just so dire. We're going to do it in a month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a month. It's like, it's like with Joe Biden. He's got this really important uh, COVID speech today. They announced, I think, Friday or Saturday that he had this whole new approach to COVID. And he'll do it Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> it was so urgent. We'll get to that Tuesday afternoon. We'll get to the, uh, the insanity that we're going to live through again in Boston because it worked so well the last time. Uh, and it worked so well in other places. It just, it just seems so crazy that I, I, nobody around the mayor says, you know what? This probably isn't the best approach. We've seen how it works in other places. Maybe we should go a different direction. And I will explain to you just what's going to happen after January 15th when we have vax mandates to get into restaurants. You, you, you want to you know, have a cup of coffee? You want to have a beer? You better have your ID, your, your vax mandate card, even if you're young, even if you're healthy, even if you've had uh, COVID already and you have the natural immunity, doesn't matter. They don't care. They don't care about science. They care about power. And this young mayor, we get to see what she's all about. She is already, already uh, drunk on her own power and locking, the, not locking the city down, but certainly uh, making life difficult for people who uh, work for a living in Boston. I'll tell you what, how this thing is all going to unfold. Also, um, big speech today from Joe Biden. Apparently, he's going to say, we need, uh, we're going to send everybody a test, an instant test, all test, test, test. And here's the question you have to ask yourself when you listen to Biden talk about COVID. Does he have a, a clue what he's talking about? When he talks about, I mean, he talks about most things. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But when he talks about COVID, about science, he just you know, reads from the teleprompter and it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to make him sound like he cares, like a typical politician. They're going to send out 500 million tests and just say, we got to do more testing, 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 testing. And I would ask, why? What does that do? I, I look at these people in line, Carano. These people, there was video in Boston. There was video in uh, D.C. and other places yesterday. People waiting two, three hours for a test. If you can wait three hours outside in the cold for a test to see if you're sick, I'm just going to break it to you. You're the probably okay. You're not sick. <laughs> you're you're right. not sick. <laughs> but they're doing it just so they can, whatever, go uh, travel. You know, some family member who's uh, right, a is demanding sort. a test sure. like you. Right, right. And but but think of that: a healthy person, no symptoms, is waiting hours for tests. That's peak COVID insanity, in my opinion. That that's just nuts. And and you don't need it to get on a plane yet, right? Unless it's an international flight, you don't need it to get in a restaurant in Boston yet, right? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it's but, coming, but, right. but, but I don't understand this obsession with tests, but get ready for it. Cause that's what we're going to see from Joe Biden. Hopefully Joe Biden also today, Corona, hopefully he uh, introduces, introduces us to his newest family member, the uh, Biden's and, and the, the media is giddy. If you want to uh, check it out, you can you know, log on, check out the New York times and, you know, Washington post, they're giddy because their guy, Joe Biden got a new puppy for Christmas, a 79-year-old man got a new puppy for Christmas. And ask yourself, what happened to the old dog? <laughs> the answer is they got rid of it. It's not dead. It's not sick. They got rid of their old dog to get a cute, their old dog's not nearly as telegenic. 
and apparently, you know, he he's a little feisty. So, you know, they got rid of a dog, the family dog that's still alive to get a new puppy. And I ask again, what kind of person does that? What kind of person gets, I mean, my dog is old. Toby's getting old and he's struggling. I can't imagine right now saying, you know what, let's get a, let's get a new puppy. Let's and throw get Toby out. Trap. Yeah. Let's put him out <laughs> to pasture. Well, where's he going to go? Who cares? He doesn't look good on TV anymore. I mean, and, and again, what kind of person, the kind of person that doesn't admit he has a grandchild because her mother's a stripper and her father's a crackhead and doesn't hang a stocking for that poor girl whose name, by the way, is Navy. That's her name, Navy. They named her after the branch of the military they that her, kicked out. her worthless father got kicked out of for doing coke. Uh, but poor Navy, um, I'm not entirely sure what the last name It's not relevant. She's three years old and her grandparents don't recognize her existence if i'm if i'm navy or if if i'm navy's mom i'm definitely giving navy biden's last name i'm absolutely doing that that's a a little like well you know what i think they're protecting her but uh it's probably that that probably is her last name i'm I'm not sure i'm not sure it could be i think her mother's name is roberts could be either way but uh i've seen pictures but they don't show her like pictures from behind like the mother is holding uh, her in her arms, and you can't see her face, which is yeah. good. She's three, or she might be four now. But her her cousins all have stockings hanging in the White House, but she doesn't because Joe Biden and Dr. Jill don't recognize her existence. I'll I'll keep talking about it, especially at Christmas, because uh, the uh, media will just uh, help him uh, help him uh, do this awful awful inhumane thing not acknowledge his own well and I, don't get the, I don't get the optics on that he must know that it would actually show him to be a more compassionate person if he even accepted you know the this uh this daughter that uh his son doesn't pay attention to how much is it about optics most of it's about optics but when you think about it you get right down to it you know he's a mean old man and he's probably you know he probably doesn't want to deal with it. Just, you know, forget that, you know, that's his problem or her problem. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to deal with it. They're not going to bring that into our lives. But again, this is a person who just got rid of his family dog because he was, didn't look good on TV and got a puppy. And I guess I can't blame him. Uh, the Hill, the Hill reported the story and said, and called the Bidens dog lovers. The New York times, the little headline on their tweet says cute puppy alert <laughs> the new york times have a story about has a story about this and it is uh and it's uh, not a story it's a cute puppy alert this is what you do for a little child who doesn't have a dog on christmas you don't do it when you're 80 years old and in the white house i mean i guess i guess we're going back to uh, everything's about optics everything is just trying to make him look i don't know Human who outlives humane. who? Who outlives who? Though you think Commander uh, <laughs> Commander might Commander's what six? Uh, no, eight, ten weeks. Uh, Commander's <laughs> the new puppy. It's a it's a German Shepherd, which are cute when they're puppies, but not when they're older. When they're older, they look like they could you know rip your face off at yeah, any yeah. minute. Apparently, his his other dog. He got rid of the older dog, I believe. No, he got rid of the I don't know. He had two German Shepherds. Got rid of one in uh, June and got rid of the other one yesterday it said he's going to stay with family friends so yeah. <laughs> how what kind of human oh, whatever i guess i'll say i'll give him credit on this carano it's not real i mean it's not a real pet it's a prop 
if it were a real pet, I would say you got to be a horrible person to just get rid of it before it's dead. I know you're not a dog guy, but uh, I do love dogs. Rid- what are you talking about? You, you saw you get me rid pet of a kitty cat. Like when he, when is it, is your cat a boy or a girl? He's a boy. Len is a boy. Would you get rid of what's his name? Len? Len. Would you get rid of Len before he died no way. and get a new cat? No <laughs> way. No way. And I'm a, I am a dog guy. They're just, they're, you got to take care. They're harder to take care of. And with uh, my, oh, yeah. I'm sure Joe and Jill spent a lot well, of time. They, they don't, care of but I, I don't have a whole staff who's going to take care of uh, uh, Fifi. So, I, no, I love dogs. I would never, ever, ever do that. They're bonded to you. I, you, I love pets. I, mean, I, I, I dread the day that uh, Toby's no longer with me. I can't imagine saying, you know what? He's just not moving like he used to. We need a we need a healthy young. I dog. mean, it's one thing if he's suffering, but uh, but, right, but I don't suffering. think they put him down. You're right. If they put Ooh. him down, that's one thing. They didn't put him down. They just got rid of him. I'll, I'll read the story again. It says uh, they got and and then they put out a they put out a, their own tweet. President Biden, uh, POTUS, the POTUS account. It says, meet the newest Biden, and they have slow motion oh, uh, video Hero of him post. throwing a ball with his dog and walking the dog on a leash, pretending that he's actually uh, going to take care of this dog. And, he, and, and the only sound, I believe, well, now he says, hey, pal, how you doing? He doesn't even know the dog's <laughs> name yet. The dog's name is Commander, and he, you know, he is cute, cute puppy alert. But how many in the media, I mean, Biden never takes questions, despite what Jen Psaki said, but how many would say, What'd you do with your other dog? <laughs> Just get rid of them? I mean, what if we treated people that way? We'd have right. a different president, that's for sure. If we treat, if we, if we said he's too old, we need somebody who's uh, <clears throat> a little more spry, a little younger, a little healthier. But uh, that's just me. And now, you know, all my uh, friends on Twitter will say, oh, you're triggered. You have Biden derangement syndrome. Yes, I do. When I see a person who does this to a dog, I say, that is not a good person. I. You know, I'm I'm not claiming to be, you know, some great altruist, but I could never ever get rid of my dog while he's still alive. I mean, I'm you'll 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 see me when Toby uh, passes on, and I'll be a mess. I uh, of course probably won't show up that day. And will I? I'm, I'd like to probably get another dog someday, but you know, I don't want that day to come yet. I'm, I certainly would never replace him. Replace him. I think most dog people are going to be if when they, if when they understand the story again the media won't tell you the story they'll cover it up but if they understand the story they will be disgusted like I am and say what an awful person someone who does that I'm going to get the uh, the hill story here's the hill story the bidens welcome a new puppy named commander and is this the story where they call them, yeah they call them dog lovers dog lovers the ones that they had two dogs when they got into the white house less than a year ago and they got rid of both of them um the puppy's less than four months old and it's a gift from G- uh, jim biden his brother uh trust me jim biden owes uh owes uh, joe biden a lot of gifts if you read and uh, uh if you read laptop from hell jim biden is almost as big a grifter as his hunter he has just been sponging off his bro- his big brother for years here's the line from the hill before we move on, the Bidens are dog lovers and came into the White House at the start of the year with two German Shepherds, Champ and Major. Champ died. Champ was uh, yeah, 13. Like 13. Yeah. Major, mm, uh, they, they, he's the one that bit the Secret Service guy. Yes. The Bidens have decided to let Major live with family friends. <laughs> this is the quote. And honest to God, they, they, 
there's one thing that drives me crazier than anything else about the Bidens is they think we're fools. I mean, most people are, uh, you know, not really up to speed on these kind of things and they don't really read it and let it bother them like I do. But here's what they say and they expect people to buy it. After consulting with dog trainers, animal behaviorists, and veterinarians, the first family has decided to follow the experts' collective recommendation that it would be safest for Major to live in a quieter environment with family friends. So they get rid of their family dog because they talk to behaviorists and veterinarians. First of all, uh, do they do they did they spend any time with the dog? No, the dog was probably skittish because he was abandoned by the people who allegedly, you know, raised him. And this is the solution. Your dog's a little skittish in the White House, so you get rid of him, get a small a younger version. God. He's just awful, horrible. You know what? I got an idea. Here's an idea what they could do with Major. Major is, I don't know what he is, like four or five. How about there's a little girl in Arkansas, a little <laughs> three-year-old girl, you know, she maybe, maybe for this Christmas, maybe she's hoping mom and dad will get her a dog. Wouldn't this solve a couple problems? Hunter can give his young daughter for her Christmas a German shepherd named Major, and he can go live in Arkansas. I think that's where uh, mom still lives, the former stripper. Uh, but uh, that and and they wouldn't have to like put put Joe and Jill's name on the card. Joe and Jill would never get their youngest granddaughter a Christmas gift. And that would mean they actually acknowledge her existence. All right, all right, all right, enough about that. I know it annoys me more than anyone else, but I don't care. I'm a dog guy. What can I say? I'm a dog guy. I'm an old dog guy. Dogs I'm an are old good. dog guy. Yeah. I love. I I, I I probably should have saved it and talked about it, but there was a video of a guy who goes to shelters in uh, in you know MSPCAs and adopts dying dogs like 14 15 year old dogs and just has them for you know like 6 months and they die and he buries them and he gets another one then that's an amazing human being i oh, wish yeah. that yeah give a give a dog at the end of his life a good good few months that's 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 amazing and and don't have him die you know in a shelter or by the way get killed in a shelter just have him live his life in the video there's one video it's just amazing this dog's all hunched over and miserable in a cage takes it home and pretty soon it's running around the yard playing with his kids and it lived for like you know two more years but that's that's a good human being that's a good human being and uh, i know it's a little simplistic but a bad human being is someone who gets rid of his dog before, before it's dead, before it's sick. Well, particularly, you've got, he has he, to put he, it down. Biden has a whole staff that can take care of this dog and make sure the dog is happy on, in a giant house with a giant property. <laughs> a whole it's bunch like, of giant houses. Right. I mean, there's just just no reason whatsoever. Oh, and, and look at the video if you could, uh, if you if you haven't, I've tweeted out from the uh, uh, this one's from the hill of the slow motion. Hey, how you doing, pal? Hey, pal. That, that name, that word is annoying me this week, if you pal. haven't noticed. Pal. Everyone who calls you, hey, pal. Uh, the dog lovers. Yeah, the dog lovers who get rid of their... Uh, anyway, anyway, I should move on. We should get back to... Uh, we'll get back to the... Um, uh, to the lockdowns and the latest COVID panic. Before you uh, start to do that, read. I'm I'm going to try to get Mike Milbury by phone. So just so you know, as you're reading this, I'll, I'll connect us and uh, and and try to get him. Uh, we good? will do DCU, and hopefully, uh, we'll at some point we'll uh, hook up with Mike Milbury. The yeah. NHL just canceled, canceled everything, canceled everything. 
because of uh, positive COVID tests in a league that I believe is almost 100% vaccinated. <laughs> That's what happens. And I don't know how many people like in the Boston mayor's office said, look, NHL, NFL, NBA, these leagues are 100% vaccinated and they're all testing positive. It doesn't matter if they're young and healthy. They're not sick. They're not going to the hospital. They're not dying. Somebody wrote this yesterday in The Spectator. They said, we should use the sports as an example. Look at what happened in the NHL. These people are testing positive. They don't have any symptoms. Just let them play. What's the difference? It's a good question. Maybe we can talk to Milbury about that on today's Callahan Show, brought to you by DCU. Why do DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is it would direct deposit to their free checking accounts DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Who doesn't love getting paid early? Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They will even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today. DCU.org slash free checking insured by NCUA membership required. All right. I'm going to see if we have Mike. Is that all right? Sure. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, as we've talked about many times, Milbury might be my favorite. Yeah. We, we Hello. Got, got, hey, Mike. Yeah, this is like, I mean, what the hell is StreamYard? <laughs> it's, it's just a... Zooming it's just freaking StreamYard. You, I'm trying to figure out how to use StreamYard, and I'm, I'm too old for this shit. I got, I got news <laughs> for you, Mike. That's your life now. That's your life. You're a podcaster. <laughs> you, you better get used to it, pal. pal. I guess so, but... Anyway, I've been trying for 25 minutes because this is the second time we've had uh, like a little hiccup trying to chat. But now we're here and it's, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Mike. It's great to hear from you. I've been uh, talking about your case for like a year and a half because uh, I do lots of uh, cancel culture talk on this show. I got canceled myself, but my favorite ones, my favorite cancel culture stories are the guys who got canceled for doing nothing, doing nothing. And that would be you, my friend. You got canceled by NBC for doing nothing a year and a half ago. And I wonder, as you look back, I know you're you're starting a podcast, you're moving on, but you said you won't allow them to cancel you. What what do you what do you mean by that? And what do you think when you look back and at what NBC did to you? You know, I when I think back and I look I look back on it, I, I still scratch my head. I've been, um, I, I really have had a lot of support from a lot of people as I just walk down the street and people say, you got, you got screwed. And I, I, I don't know what happened. I believe there was some sort of group or number of people didn't like the way I broadcast or things that I said. And, and I don't know, I don't know if it had anything to do with, with women or the sport in general, you know, when, I would criticize, for example, Alex Ovechkin. Quite often, Ted Leonsis would call Gary Bettman. Gary Bettman would call Sam Flood, my executive producer at NBC, and they'd complain about that. Or if I criticize Sidney Crosby, and these are great players, players that I totally admire, but, you know, when they make bad plays, they make bad plays, and you're supposed to talk about it. So I think there may have been a sort of undercurrent of, like, get this pain in the ass off the air, but... What I said, which, and I repeated again, that, that there weren't any women in the bubble to be a distraction, I think has really 
a fair statement. Like there are no distractions in the bubble. It wasn't meant to be misogynistic. It wasn't meant to be uh, uncomplimentary to women. It was just simply that there was a, a sole focus on playing hockey. And I, I stand by it. And if they want me to go away, and, they, and you know what, Jerry, they, they paid my salary for, oh, good. you know, the, the rest of the year until the, the end of my contract uh, and sort of prevented me from really striking back at them. You know, they paid me to go away. And uh, I'm still scratching my head, still trying to figure it out. Not, I, I don't have much time left on the planet, so I, I don't really <laughs> want to be bitter and waste my time being bitter. But uh, I, I'll, I'll go to my grave thinking this, this was wrong. And well, when I when I waited till the end of my contract was up, so I didn't want to jeopardize getting any of the, the dollars that were coming in. And when I called Gary Bettman, and Bettman in the course of the conversation said he couldn't even remember what I said. <laughs> I then just thought like to myself, this is uh, it's really surreal. It was just totally surreal. And I, I couldn't believe that I was going through it. I still can't believe that I went through it, but there it is. I, I, I can't either. <clears throat> it's amazing, and I know it's easier to cancel guys who are controversial, like you, who've said things before that have caused a stir. But in this case, you just stated a fact that they're in the bubble, and it helps because there are no distractions, whether it's a wife or kids or a, a family dog. They're not there, so it's easier for the coach to get yeah. the players to focus. It's the same thing with when the NBA was in their right. bubble, um, when did you know you stepped in it? I didn't know that I stepped in it until I got a call the next day. Oh. And uh, my boss told me, Sam Flood told me, listen, you, you, uh, you're, you've got a problem. And we've got a problem. And you're going to have to apologize. And I said, you're, I said Are you, you're, you're shitting me. You're kidding me. Like, really? This is really a problem? I was, I was, I was befuddled by the whole thing and then and what and i've done this on a number of occasions i had done this i just said tell your pr people to write whatever the hell they want i don't care what they write stick my name on it and let's just move on because that's what i thought was going to happen i thought it was such a you know tempest in a teapot uh like other things had been and then you imagine having to apologize for you know criticizing Crosby or Ovechkin. Like, it's just silly. It, it, anyway, this one was, in my mind, was simply a let's fly past this. Let's get past this and, and, and move on. We'll do the next game. And then I, the apology was issued. I didn't even read it, didn't say anything about it, didn't, didn't really care. And then the NHL came out that afternoon, the, the day after I had those comments, and and call my uh, comments non-inclusive and oh, well, I don't know what the hell else they said. And, and, and um, then the next day I got a call from NBC and said, we're not going to put you on for the rest of the year um, because of these comments. And I'm like, now I'm like, really, I'm, I'm really confused. And so they're sending me home, but they, but they said, We'll talk about your schedule for next year once we get through the rest of the playoffs, which was another mm-hmm. round or two, whatever it was. And so I went home, and uh, and I was still trying to figure out how this could have possibly happened when I got the call about a week and a half later from from my boss, and he said, "We're we're not bringing you back." Mm-hmm. And then my only question was, like, "Are so are you still paying me?" 
And he said, yes, we'll pay you to the end of the contract. And I, I didn't even, didn't even delve into the specifics of it. I was so pissed off and, uh, that's where that's where it was. That's where I left it. I just right, walked now, out I the door I, and said, "I think I know the answer to this, Mike." But uh, who was offended? Who specifically was offended by your comment? To the best of my knowledge, there was a reporter, a woman reporter from the Athletic, who's Katie uh, Strang, and then somebody else, another woman somewhere. I I, I don't know. Uh, the NHL has hired. I didn't even know they had hired such a person, but around that time or somewhat before that, they hired a woman, Kim Davis, who's the head of diversity and inclusion in the NHL. And uh, I I have no idea what her role is or was. Uh, I do know that Katie Strang wrote an article and that prompted people to pay attention to what I said or what she said. But other than that, it went away so quickly. Like, it was just like, it was like a, I'd been beheaded and uh, I was gone. I, I was just gone. It was just, it was so fast. It was so, I mean, do you remember any kind of long standing discussion about my comments? No, it was nothing. No, no. It was just and, like, I mean, I did it. Oh, I did it here because these cases fascinate me. Fascinate me. We reached a point in cancel culture where you really don't have to say anything uh, offensive and you really don't have to really offend anybody. You just get a target on your back and they, and they make you disappear and the cowards in the media don't stand up for you. I've, I've said this many times when you get canceled, you find out who your friends are. And I assume you've been through that Mike, where some people who you thought were friends just ran the other way. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't put it quite as strongly as that, but I would say that, you know, I mean, what? let's go the other way. Catherine Tappan came on at the end of the last game of the playoffs and and said some really complimentary things. I mean, I was instrumental in helping her career, as particularly at NBC. Uh, and I was so proud of her and so proud of the fact that she would come to my, my defense. Um, it wasn't immediately. It was a couple, you know, maybe a month or so later, but I was just, so gratified that she would recognize that, that I was an important part of her career. But there were other women that I've helped in their careers that didn't feel compelled to step forward. And that today pisses me off. I would let them remain nameless, powers yeah. that they are. But I, I just, it was just, you know, this was not intended to be misogynistic. It wasn't, it wasn't intended to be anything. Mike, you don't have to explain. You don't. It was ridiculous. I'm looking at the comment right. It's ridiculous. It's it's a fact. If you don't have your wife and kids and spend pets and things yeah. there in the bubble, you could focus yeah. easier. The coach's job is easier. I mean, it, it was a it was That's a perfectly right. appropriate thing to say. And they again came after you because lots of people didn't like you. You've said many controversial things, and they took this opportunity to take you out. And the people in the media around you and and in all over the media uh, are just they're the cowards. They're the kind, they know this is not right and they don't care because they might not, you know, they just don't like you. So they're going to enjoy the fact that, that they uh, use this opportunity to get rid of you. It's, it's, it's insane. It's wrong. And, and you should never sit there and, and, you know, try to make sense of it because it makes well, no sense. I, I, uh, I, you referred to the, 
comment that I made earlier, and I, I don't think anybody who's been so-called canceled for not a good reason or any reason, um, you shouldn't feel canceled. They can't, people can't cancel other people. Who the, who the fudge do they think they are canceling people? I mean, what the, you can't cancel me and I'm still alive. The only, the only person that's going to cancel, cancel me is the grim reaper. As I've said, like just, you just, you can't do it. And, uh, and I'll fight back and I have a, a small voice on my own little podcast and I'm talking to you and I talk to other people and I, and I'm, I'm, not going to let that happen to me without without pushback. It's just wrong. It's just well, totally wrong. And, there are and, other and, there are other media outlets that cover the NHL. Do you feel blackballed? Do you feel like they're afraid to to, to bring you on because you have been because uh, because of what NBC did to you? Well, Jerry, I've been was almost fifty years associated with the league, and the last like fifteen were with Nathan, CBC, TSN, and NBC. And on all of those positions, I was their lead studio analyst for 15 years. And so I must have been doing something right. Right. But when this happened, uh, the NBC, and this was a kind of fortuitous thing, the, they got screwed out of the contract with the NHL. They didn't. They didn't put up the right money, and after 15 years, the NHL was Gary Bettman is after every last dollar he can because that means another dollar in his pocket, not just the league's pocket. They walked away from NBC and they went to TNT and ESPN. I I have seldom had an agent in my life, but I I uh, I asked somebody to help me out and make a call to to ESPN, and basically they got my name out of their mouth and. ESPN hung up the phone and said, no, thanks. Wow. We called TNT, TNT, and TNT basically did the same thing. They just pretty much hung up on on my age. And uh, it, was, it was pretty clear there were some other elements that work. What they are, I can't answer the question. I, it's, just, it's just speculation on my part. But after that length of time and in my role to be just simply dismissed, and I've seen some of the people that they have working at these stations, and they they can't carry my jock strap. No, you know, I really not to be self promoting, but I I've seen some of them, and they're just they're awful, and and uh, they don't say anything. They they're 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 like their legs are cut out from underneath them because I don't know that's the culture. But uh, anyway, to answer your question, it was a it was a closed book immediately. Everybody is playing scared now in the business. <clears throat> That's why they're so, you know, <clears throat> they're they're not good at the job. You were good at the job because you were on the edge sometimes, and maybe you went over it occasionally. But that not reason to fire and blackball a guy. I, I wonder what is your relationship like now with Gary Bettman? Do you do you feel like he he screwed you? Um. Well, as I referenced. When the last conversation I had with him, and I waited for all the dust to settle and, you know, cool, cooler heads prevailing. Um, when I asked him about this incident and he didn't have a recollection of what I said, <laughs> I, I knew that he I knew that he had fallen victim. He said at one point in the conversation where you and I are dinosaurs now, Mike. I said, well, I'm no, I'm not. I'm still I'm still alive. I'm not a 
you know, I'm not a dinosaur. I, I, I think I can think reasonably. I think I can roll with punches. I think I see the new wave of things that are happening. And, but, you know, when he couldn't, he couldn't remember why I had been, you know, sanctioned officially by his, by his league, the one that he runs, I was, just, I just gave up on it. I just said, this guy is, he's got, he's got no balls. Sorry. He's got no balls. And he's got no, no, no ability to, to stand up to anything that's current or new. And he's just going to roll with the punches. Take his ten million dollars a year or whatever the hell he's making, and then ride off into the sunset at the appropriate moment. I, I have no time for him anymore. Well, I, I got bad news for you, Mike. You are a dinosaur. You're not allowed to, you know, express your honest opinion or criticize people anymore. Those days are over. Everybody who's sitting in the chair that you once sat is afraid that they will do what you did and say something perfectly appropriate and get targeted for cancellation. So the idea that, that you were good at the job and you were candid and you were honest and you were critical, that's not allowed anymore. So you're at least not allowed on network or ESPN. God knows ESPN. That's the most uh, woke, uh, politically correct outfit out there. You have no chance of ending up there. Unfortunately, yeah. my friend, you well, are, I mean, you are a dinosaur. They, they, they sort of invented woke. They had so many, uh, sexual harassment cases at ESPN that it was it's hard to keep count. And yet now all of a sudden they've, they've woken up in the, in the wrong fashion as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's just, it's a, but you're right. It's a different world and it's tougher to navigate, but if people don't speak up and don't talk about how this is impacting people's lives, it won't go away. It won't change. And, and it really needs to change. We need to, we need to stem the tide somehow, Jerry. Right. I, I agree. It's crazy. And it's not about you or me. It's about, you know, our kids and grandkids. Are they going to, this is the world they're going to live in where everybody's afraid to speak their mind because the mob, the woke mob might come after them, the Boston Globe or, or ESPN or some group might come after them and demand their, their head on a, on a stick. It's, it's scary. It's a scary thing. I wonder if you were still on the job, if you were still in the studio and the NHL canceled the season, or at least canceled a week because of uh, because of COVID. What, what would you have to say about that? I know a number of people think it's nuts because most of the people testing positive have no symptoms. They're young, they're healthy, they're perfectly fine. I think there's no reason they shouldn't just play on. What do, what do you think, Mike? I, I think I wish I were more informed of all of this stuff, but I, mean, I read today that Northeast Ohio hospitals are full to capacity. Here around the Cape, they're filled to capacity. But I don't see anybody, I don't get it. I'm not seeing people dying by around me, but apparently we have 800,000 people dead. I know some of them had pre-existing conditions. I'm confused by it, but I am, I'm not confused by this. I, I believe that if, if this is the disease that's going to end our the human race, we might as well go out in a party. You know, we just let's just get out there and go fishing, go play basketball, go to a game, go to a theater, and just live on. We we can't we can't keep going like this. We're gonna we're not going to survive economically. We're not going to survive socially. Um, somehow we have to play on, don't we? 
Yes, we do, especially because the new Omicron, which has got everybody in a panic, is not killing anybody. I, I believe Alec Baldwin has still killed more people than Omicron. <laughs> but uh, you say you're confused, uh, Milbury. Well, get ready to get more confused because uh, your president, Joe Biden, is going to speak this afternoon, update us on COVID, and he's going to make it. He's going to say he's going to send us all a, a rapid test so we can test ourselves. What that does, I'm not sure. But uh, you've said over and over you're not going to uh, allow them to cancel you. What do you got going on now? Where where can people hear your uh, your honest opinions? Because yeah. I think I think uh, it's, uh, it's pretty uh, clear that the NBC has not succeeded in uh, emasculating you, my friend. No, that that isn't going to happen. But I have MikeMilburyFightClub.com is where you can get my podcast, and we'll we're, we're we do it every day. It's only 40, 45 minutes, depending on how long the guest goes. We had some great guys on, like, uh, and I hope you're going to come on sometime in the near future. But uh, Darren Tang's been on, Eddie Olchuk, Keith Jones, Barry Sinden. We had uh, Joe Britannia yesterday, who's, you know, known locally as a goalie guru. And we've, we've had a lot of laughs. One of the fun things about it has been to connect with people you know when you, you step away as i did from my position and you have from your position you know you lose some contact with some people right. so having a podcast has been fun to like just hey i'm here i'm alive i'm doing well where how are you doing and it's a, a a chance to go to the office when nobody goes to the office anymore and i'm doing some uh some work for wei which is just a little bit of a hit on thursday morning uh but it's but it's been fun and fun to talk to all the cast of characters from Greg Hill to Courtney Cox and Jerome Wiggins over at WEI. And, and um, I'm in the process of, of trying to write a book. We'll see how that goes. But I've, I've, I've hooked up with a few people that are, are helping me out. That's wow. been fun. And maybe the biggest challenge is Jerry, I, at my, uh, my advanced age, I'm learning to play golf. And uh, wow. I'm having fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 now living in Mashpee, New Seabury, on the Cape, and a uh, mile and a half away from a golf course. I've never been a golfer, and uh, you know, I was out there yesterday in 40 degree weather, hitting the damn thing around by myself, and and loving it. It was wow. it was fun. Fifty years in the that's NHL, you never golfed. I mean, I, I that that's all, all no. that's all hockey players did in the summer. I, um, you know, I had, I have six kids and, um, you know, it seemed to me a little unfair to like devote myself entirely to my profession from September until whenever we were out of the playoffs in, right. in April, May or June, and then decide to play golf three days a week. And that's like a six hour, that's like a six hour deal. And I just, so I decided to spend a little more time with my little people. And now that they're all big people, I, I can go out there and chase around the golf ball. And it's been really, it's the weirdest game ever. Like I, you know, I used to muscle my way through football or baseball or, or hockey, but now this is just a game that's played right between your, your ears. I yeah. mean, you can't, you can't muscle it. You have to focus, strike the ball, and then move on to the next shot. It's just, and you've got nobody else to blame but yourself if it doesn't right. go well. It's not. It's not a game, Mike. It's a drug. All right, it's a drug. Get you. You're addicted now. It's dangerous. But uh, 
Good luck with that. It is called the Mike Milbury Fight Club. They go to MikeMilburyFightClub.com to, to check it out. Is that the deal? That's the deal. And, uh, you know, thanks for catching up with me. And uh, I'm glad you're still not pulling any punches. Um, and don't ever stop not pulling punches, my friend. I, I will not, and you won't either. This is the only place you can do it, man. you got to do a podcast because that's the only place you're allowed to speak your mind these days. But uh, we appreciate the time, Mike, and uh, we'll talk to you again. I'll come on the uh, Mike Milbury Fight Club anytime, my friend. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Talk to you soon. All right, that Very is Mike, Mil- Mike Milbury of the Mike Milbury Fight Club, formerly Bruins player. He spent his whole career with the Bruins. Playing career, most famous, of course, for uh, going over the boards in uh, against the uh, in New York and beating a guy with a shoe. Guy plays twelve years, coaches, GM, and you know, analyst. Fifty years in the game, and he's known. He will always be known most for beating a guy with a shoe. Get fined five hundred dollars for that. <laughs> These days, you'd be uh, oh, you'd be, th- you'd be thrown out. Yeah, yeah like twenty-five grand or fifty grand or something. But you know what? The guy deserved it. The guy threw a beer on his teammate, and he deserved it. I'll never forget. I was watching it with some uh, some friends. It was, uh, I think it was a Friday night, and we were hanging out and having a beer, and just said, "Holy what crap! Look this? at this! They're going over the glass." They changed the rule, and the, uh, they they made the glass higher. Yes, that's so right. Players, so players could no longer go over the glass in the middle of a game and beat fans with their shoes. But <laughs> it was a classic moment. And uh, maybe next time we talk to Milbury, we'll get into that because he is uh, famous for that. But now he's uh, he's moving on, doing a podcast. Hey, who isn't? And But it, a guy like him, you want that because he is a little crazy and he's very opinionated and he knows where the bodies are buried. And you want a guy like that to have an outlet and not just go away and, and, and you know, forever. Uh, but uh, that's what... You know, that's what they'd like. NBC would like, NHL would like, but uh, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He's going to continue to be Mike Milbury. He, it's the crappy thing is, is he, you have to be too perfect for, with your words. Like he, if he just would have said no distractions from family and friends or something like that, it right, would right. have never been canceled because he said women, he, he got canceled. You wives. can't be that yeah, wives. Or wives. Yeah. You can't. You just uh, yeah, right. He's not even saying some, you know, those uh, broads hanging around the no, lobby, no, no. you know, right. He's talking about wives and families. That's when it. you are not in a bubble, you are, if you're a young guy and you got little kids, you're maybe you're changing diapers or you're helping, you know, getting ready for school. Right. And, and you know, your wife and you're do, um, dealing with things with your wife, all that's gone. You're locked away. That's why NFL teams, some of them, go to training camp, you know, hundreds of miles away right. to get them away from their lives and all the things that, that might distract them. It was absurd. It might be the most absurd cancellation. I know you and I have ranked them in the past and, you know, Chris Harrison was the latest and Jeremy Roenick and Grant Napier. And there's so many people who have been canceled for nothing. We're not offending. It's not like, you know, Al Campanis anymore. You can say nothing and get canceled after 50 years in the game. Yeah. It is scary, and uh, sounds like Milbury still feels blindsided, and he was. I mean, he must have just said, "What? Did, what? What? What did I do? What did yeah. I say?" And if you look at his bio, his Wikipedia, he said a lot of controversial things. In 2009, he talked about the pansification of the NHL, and some gay group was upset and uh, you know demanding uh, suspension because he called it. I don't even know what does that have to do with pansy. I, that doesn't it, it, pansification. No. I think you can not say that the, word. Not even the pussification. No, the pansification. 
But, you know, in those days, you didn't automatically get canceled if some crazy special interest group demanded your head. They didn't necessarily acquiesce the way they do now. That's but, right. Uh, that was uh, that was Mike Milbury. Let's do. You want to do uh, uh, long game and my pillow? Do long game. Oh, good. And do my pillow, and then we'll get back. We got to get back into the uh, the shutdown again. I keep calling it a shutdown. It's not a shutdown. It's a mandate in Boston. The insane mandate in Boston, which is coming, by the way. It starts with Bill De Blasio. That's how scary this trend is. It starts with Bill De Blasio. He shows you that it doesn't work. New York's cases and off the charts. Hospitals are big. And other cities look at that and say, yeah, we're going to do that too. That's This could be the craziest moment. And uh, well, I, I guess I'm going to, uh, I'll try to rank that someday. The craziest things public officials have done in the last two years. I, I think number one would have to be filling the skate parks with sand yes, and taking the rims off of basketball hoops in public playgrounds so kids wouldn't go outside and play. Kids. Children wouldn't go outside and play. But the, the thing with that, that was, I mean, that was insane. And we pointed it out at the time, but there was a lot of unknowns. There aren't that many unknowns anymore. And we're still taking these insane draconian measures because our public officials are, are just so, so such fools, such fools. But uh, tell you who's not a fool, Mike Lindell. That's who's not a fool. Mike Lindell from MyPillow, a, a great humanitarian who's uh, going to be, I believe they're going to be giving out 10,000 my pillows in Mayfield, um, Kentucky, which was decimated by the tornadoes. They're going to be down there Christmas Eve. Out, uh, on Christmas Eve. That yeah. is a nice yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Um, be a nice thing for like a president or a first lady to do on New Christmas Eve. Go down there and help out. But uh, they're pretty busy uh, on, you know, with Nantucket or somewhere, but not Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell. Uh, you, you can support him and support us at the same time. All you got to do is go to MyPillow.com and use the code word Jerry. You get huge discounts. You can get a MyPillow, a standard pillow. It's normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with the code word Jerry. I would call that a huge savings. MyPillow is made in the USA. It comes with a 10-year warranty. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you'll ever sleep on. Get it now and you can support this show and you can strike back against cancel culture like us and Mike Milbury. Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob by purchasing from MyPillow. Not only are you helping out the show, you're fighting back against the woke mob. MyPillow isn't in the big box stores. We know all about that. But you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using the code word Jerry. I got the pillow. We all got the pillow in my family and we love it. And we love our Giza sheets too. You can check that out and all their other things, uh, towels and uh, slippers, over 150 products. Just go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Jerry. All right. The uh, intersection of sports, culture, and politics is at the heart of the new weekly podcast, The Long Game with LZ and Leach, because sticking to sports in 2021 and probably 2022 just isn't possible. Sports extends beyond what happens on the field court or the pitch. It's in everything, which is why LZ Grandison and Will Leach cover the expanding world of sports and how the events on the field affect events off the field and vice versa. New episodes are out every Wednesday, so you can head to therecount.com or your preferred podcast platform to listen to all available episodes. I would have been telling you about Shake Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work, the man 
in charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I, I, I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. you need any podcasters? You <laughs> know, we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And you'll we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shakeconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. All right, we got to pick this pick this up here. I want to get to, uh, I, I think the amazing thing with Michelle Wu, our new mayor, proving to be just as bad or worse than the last mayor, the last two mayors, the last every mayor, they're all crazy, radical nut jobs. Is, I mean, I, it, it, she, first of all, she's not from here. She's from Chicago. Secondly, she came here to go to Harvard Law School and Liz Warren took her under the wing, under her wing. That's it. That's why, and obviously the Globe loves her because the Globe, does whatever Liz Warren wants her wants her to do, uh, but um, this was her first big decision, the first big thing that went kind of went national too. By the way, is she reacts to the spike in cases, the Omicron variant when nobody's dying, and uh, young people aren't being hospitalized, they're not, you know, even showing symptoms. And her reaction was, "We're going to make." Five-year-olds show a Vax passport to go to McDonald's. Exactly, if, if as want, of February, it's crazy. Uh, they, they, I I thought it was nuts enough. I look at the at the mandate, the the issue, the order, and it's January fifteenth where you start um, checking Vax passports for adults. They add you need full vaccination for entry to restaurants, gyms, and sports arenas for anyone over twelve. So twelve-year-olds need a Vax passport immediately in March. It goes to five-year-olds. In March, a five-year-old has to have at least one shot to go to a store, you know, whatever. Go to go to TJ Maxx with mom. They're going to be checking a five-year-old's Vax card in Boston. Uh, and then I think in June, I can get the exact. Uh, in June, you have to uh, have both shots. A five-year-old has to have both shots to go to McDonald's with mom. Or dad. Yeah, you're or right. To go, it's to, go to you know, go to the ice ice show with the garden, or or go to a game. You know, a six, seven, eight, ten year old has to have two shots, even though there's no reason to give a six, seven, or eight year old the shot. There is none. They don't get COVID. They don't die of COVID. They don't get hospitalized. They're children. It doesn't affect them. Leave them alone. But you know, these are these are big time authoritarian liberals who can't don't want to leave anybody alone. But Let's listen. Uh, let me see. How, how long is this? It's like a minute uh, long. A minute long. Let's listen to our new man, who's 36, by the way, looks about 16, step up with all her crazy radical advisors around her, all masked up because the cameras were on. 
later on, you know, when the cameras shut off, they just take their masks off because none of them believes in any of this voodoo. But let's listen to our new male, Michelle Wu, uh, explain how she's going to destroy small businesses in Boston beginning January 15th. Today, we're announcing that Boston will be implementing a requirement for proof of COVID-19 vaccination for certain indoor spaces, which we're calling our Be Together initiative. Be Together will require proof of vaccination to enter indoor dining. Well, three, three categories, just so you can keep the count. First, indoor dining, including bars and restaurants. Secondly, indoor fitness venues, such as gyms. And third, indoor entertainment, recreational, and event venues, such as theater shows or sports games. Starting January 15th, customers or patrons ages 12 and up and employees at these locations will be required to show proof that they've released, received at least one dose of the vaccine. And this will phase into requiring two doses on February 15th. We're also setting dates for children to be vaccinated to enter these spaces beginning in March. Children five years old, five years old. We're going to begin in, in, in March. <laughs> um, and where was she? Just... Was she in some sort of gymnasium or, or like basketball players doing suicides back and forth? Did you hear like whistles and, and screech marks? Oh, she, those were uh, protesters. Oh, yeah, they were protesters. Yeah, she got uh, heckled pretty good. There's yes. a... I, I tweeted it out. It's a good video of her uh, getting heckled by people saying, shame on woo. Get it? Shame yeah, on a, woo. That's a good one, yeah. And I don't know how you can scare up a protest on a Monday morning in Boston and, you know, when it was like 12 degrees, but they did. And I don't know if they're anti-vaxxers or just, you know, pro-freedom. Just, But can you imagine you own a restaurant, a bar, you're just getting back on your feet. You're just begging people to come to work for you and doing what you can to get get through the day and here they are going to demand that your bus boy you know some kid from wherever the city uh has to show a vax mandate and if, he, you know, if he's 18 years old and he's healthy he doesn't have the vaccine doesn't want it doesn't need it he's going to say well sorry i uh it was fun while it lasted but i'm done here this is what the mayor's doing can i just uh um uh, sum this up explain this to the mayor and all the pointy-headed fools surrounding her all her advisors uh these, these faculty lounge lunatics that just want to, to to crush small but they don't care what happens to small businesses the restaurants the gyms to any they don't care about that it's irrelevant to them they just want control you're going to give people a choice They're, the choice is to come into the city with their family and make sure everyone has their vax cards and make sure their eight-year-old is double vaxxed and boosted. That's what they have to do if they want to go to a restaurant, you know, the North End or Faneuil Hall or on the waterfront. Their alternative is don't eat any of that and they can go to Burlington or they can go to Linfield or they can go to Foxborough or they could go like right outside the city and go to a restaurant and nobody's going to harass them and check the, 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 the vax card and make sure I'll put it under the light and let's see this is a seven-year-old. Did he have a second dose yet? Oh, yeah, oh, did. Okay, you can sit down and, uh, and order or you know, have a, a meal. And if not, you know, we're kicking you out. I mean, th- th- this is just nuts. It, it doesn't, it, it's not going to change a thing. You ready? You ready to see the, the Omicron continue to spread despite her uh, insane order? Because that's what's going to happen. And we're all going to sit back and say, wow, I guess it wasn't tough enough. And by the way, be together. That's the initiative. Be together. 
These guys are the worst. Somebody, some, some hack is making like 180,000 a year to come up with be together. And the mayor is like, this is our beat, be together. You're doing the opposite. You're, you're chasing people away. You're, you're hurting these bars, these restaurants, these gyms. We've talked about these gym owners, you know, people I know we had the, the there was this uh, spin cycles, uh, studio owner on, on uh, Fox News one morning, she just said, uh, I'm almost, uh, they've almost ruined me. Nobody wants to go to a spin class with a mask on, and they just won't uh, ease up on that. They're not going to stop until they destroy every last freaking business, every last restaurant. And I don't even know how you get help if you're a restaurant. How do you get waitresses? And I mean, you already are just barely hanging on. And now maybe, I don't know, maybe 20% of your help doesn't want the vaccine they've already had COVID. they've been in the city they've been working they got COVID. they got over it they get they don't need a shot and they're just going to say sorry i'm going to go get a job in the suburbs i'm going to go get a job you know in new hampshire and i'm going to move to florida whatever this is supposed to be someone who is looking out for the city the health of the city the well-being of the city this is her city and she's just going to crush the life out of it it's a shame I feel bad once again. You know, my heart breaks for these 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 business owners, these restaurant owners, these gym owners. These are people that make the thing that the system work. This is these these make people that make America work, not hacks who are working at City Hall. You know, they, they have these no show, phony jobs, and oh, I'm working remote today, and they're and they're wherever they're you know down the Cape or they're out Christmas shopping. They're not working. These aren't these people don't do anything they don't create anything they don't make anything these are the takers and what they're doing is crushing the life out of the makers the people who make the thing go the people pulling the wagon these lazy slobs are sitting back in the wagon say what can we do to make your life more difficult well they came up with something a vax card to to wash dishes at a restaurant a vax card from a six-year-old to go to see disney on ice and you're gonna go well, we're not going to go to that this time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So it's just nuts. And it's one thing if we we all knew if this was a whole bold new world. It's not. We've been through this for two years. We saw how it works. We saw how it worked in New York. It doesn't do a damn thing to stop the Omicron. And this won't either. So my condolences, thoughts and prayers to all the small business owners in Boston and to Major the dog that was just not cute enough for the Bidens. They shipped him off, shipped him off. And uh, now they got a new puppy, new puppy. And you get to see Joe throw a ball with his new puppy, Commander. What the hell kind of name is that? You know what? You know what you do with the dog's name? You shorten it. Give him a cute nickname. I think they're going to call Commander Commie. What do you think? Perfect. Commie. I, I didn't see that coming at all. No, no. <laughs> all right. What else we got, Carano? Oh, man, we running out of time here but uh we should do we should uh do i, I want to do this for uh because we've talked about this a number of times i talked about this like a year ago airplanes air travel is as safe as anywhere it's as safe as anywhere it's scientific the air is filtrated constantly it is it, it, and i talked to this my doctor friend explained this to me and i mentioned it on this show Here's all you need to know about Dr. Fauci and what an absolute fraud he is. He says we're going to need to wear masks on planes for the rest of time. Forever. He knows that's not true. He knows it, but he doesn't want to give an inch. His whole world's about control. It's about more, you know, more measures, restrictions. 
And he knows. I, I just watched Redfield, the former, whatever he was, CDC director. Uh, uh, explain it. I mean, you you just, if you're any kind of scientist at all, you know it's not necessary. And then you have this moron, Eric Swalwell, tweeting, a congressperson tweeting how it's a disgrace that we let unvaccinated people on planes. Once again, if you followed it up and said, why, why, why do we, why can't we let unvaccinated people on planes? He has no idea. No, he has no idea. The vax person could spread the disease to you too, stupid. What, why are you so paranoid? Because you're dumb. That's all. You're just dumb. And you have, uh, you're falling for this strategy of targeting, of demonizing the filthy, dirty, unvaxed. The, the starts with the white house, but it's trickling down, man. Every pretty soon. I'm afraid people see you out in public. They're just going to beat you up. They're just going to sucker punch you. Well, it's a good thing I carry, Jerry. That's why I do it. <laughs> no, no. New Hampshire's nowhere near. Like, I, if, if New oh, Hampshire. Oh, you're never going to leave New Hampshire? You're never going to, you know, like, venture out? Never. No, Those... I'm, I'm never leaving my town. I'm not going to leave this house. Screw... Okay, when you leave, yes. you have to have that yellow star. Don't forget. That's required by law now. you got to put that yellow star on. That's a, a Biden regime. Uh, edict. I mean, Florida uh, sounds pretty good. For, I think still New Hampshire is a freer place than than Florida's, but Florida is warmer. So, but what happens I, when DeSantis goes out? He's going to leave. He'll probably run for president or something. And then what's going to happen to Florida? Is it going to succumb again and uh, be a you know another? Uh, it's a good question. Like no, I, I think there's so many people who move there. Unfortunately, it's overcrowded. The traffic is brutal. But yeah. you're right. It's free, and people love DeSantis. I can't wait. I hope he runs for president. I can't wait to vote for him. He's just a younger, smarter version, not as reckless version of uh, of Donald Trump. Uh, Trump policies without the Trump baggage would be nice. We can get into that tomorrow. If Turtle Boy joins us, because Turtle Boy bailed on Trump a long time ago, and for good reason, for good reason, I think I'm coming around to his way of thinking. We, I, I want you to get the sound of Trump with Maria Bartiromo Sunday explaining why he didn't like Fauci. Such classic Trump. You, you know what? He, he answers the question. He spends, I don't know, a couple minutes talking about Fauci. Half the time he talks about what a bad throw he had when he threw the first pitch out at a Washington Nationals game. <laughs> That's what's important to Trump. Of course. Uh, you know, the guy's, the guy's uh, funded research that led to a virus that killed 8 million people. And Trump says, yeah, he threw out the worst first pitch ever. But we can do that tomorrow. We do that tomorrow. Uh, that should do it for today. We got the president this afternoon coming out. With, uh, with the big speech telling us we all got to get tested. He has no idea why. He'll never be able to explain it why. Why He'll stumble all over the teleprompter. He'll take no questions. And we'll feel much worse about the, about the Omicron, about the virus, after he's done with his speech, which I believe is scheduled for 2.30, right? Uh, that, that's what why, you said. I haven't seen the schedule why, yet. Why, but, would you, uh... why would the speech be at 2.30? Don't you want people to watch it and hear it? <laughs> You'd think so, yeah. Isn't that, a, isn't that where you put something if you're trying to hide it? Uh, but we'll we'll have that tomorrow, and uh, I think we'll have Turtle Boy, and uh, we'll give you an update on all the crazy measures our uh, our uh, president's going to uh, suggest for controlling the Omicron. He's going to go full de Blasio, too, all these crazy things that do nothing to stop the spread. But uh, we shall leave it there. Thanks to uh, Mike Milbury from, of the Mike Milbury Fight Club podcast for joining us Uh how do you think that went? Good. You, nev you, you never talked to him before, right? No, and I didn't talk to him here either. But no, he's good. I mean, he's a he's, he's, he's good. He's guy. crazy. He's yeah. good. He's crazy. You can see why he was good as an analyst. He Absolutely. doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. There's no filter. 
he's unfiltered. It's, it's real. It's raw. And, uh, he was always getting in trouble for saying things. Uh, I just didn't think uh, he would have get canceled for saying something as mild, as innocuous as he did. But that was good. Thanks for uh, setting that up, Carano. Sure. Thanks to everybody for watching, listening, for commenting. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.